0: Microsoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old story books. Mildred's Married Life, Episode 4 Suddenly there came a sound as of a heavy body falling or being thrown against the outer door. Then a hand fumbled at the lock, and a man's voice said thickly, "'Open higher, and let a fellow in, can't ye?' Mildred started to her feet, her heart beating fast and loud, while at the same instant Mrs. Selby, waked by the noise of the fall, raised herself to a sitting posture, and glanced round at her friend with a look of alarm. "'Blast ye, let me in here,' repeated the voice, its owner accompanying the words with an oath and another effort to turn the handle of the door. The two women drew nearer together. "'Who is it?' asked Mildred in a tremulous whisper. "'I don't know, but don't be frightened. He's evidently too drunk to break in on us, for the door and window shutters are stout and strongly barred.' For several minutes the man continued to fumble at the door, pushing against it and muttering curses and demands for entrance. The women standing together, clasping each other's hands, and listening with bated breath. Then he staggered to the window and tried that, but with no better success. If ye don't let me in, he growled at length, I'll climb the roof and get down the chimbley. Could he? asked Mildred, taking a tighter grip of her companion's hand. A sober man could easily get on the roof from the back shed, Mrs. Selby answered, but I hope he will fall. He seems very drunk for such an exploit. But can he reach an upstairs window from the shed roof? No, there is none on that side. It's a story and a half house, and with upstairs windows in the gable ends only. They're without shutters, but he can't possibly reach them. And the chimney? I don't know whether it is large enough for him to get down it or not," Mrs. Selby said with an anxious glance toward it, her ear at the same time, as well as Mildred's still intent upon the sounds without. Or what will be the consequence if he should? There's a pretty hot bear. I hope the heat will deter him from attempting the descent, even if he should gain the roof and the chimney-top. But if he should succeed in getting down," Mildred said with a shudder, and looking about for some weapon of defense. We must catch up the lamp, rush into the other room, and barricade the door. There, he is on the shed roof. Don't you hear? Yes, let us kneel down and ask our Heavenly Father to protect us. They did so, continuing their silent supplications for many minutes. All the more importunately, as the sounds from overhead told them that the drunken, Man had gained the upper roof and was at the top of the chimney. Another moment and the rattling fall of a quantity of plaster gave notice that he was actually attempting the descent. They rose hastily. Mrs. Selby caught up the lamp burning on the table, and they withdrew on tiptoe, but with great celerity, to the shelter of the inner room. The lamp was set down in a corner where its light would not disturb the sleepers. Then the two stood close to the door, intently listening and looking, the fire giving them light enough to see the invader, should he succeed in forcing an entrance, and Mrs. Selby with her hand upon the lock, ready to close the door instantly upon his appearance. Mutterings and curses came faintly to their ears. There were, these were followed by half-suppressed cries and groans, and another fall of plaster. But the sounds seemed stationary. They came no nearer. He has stuck fast. Surely, Mrs. Selby exclaimed in an excited whisper, and we can do nothing to help him, Mildred said half-breathlessly. No, nothing. Their conjecture soon grew to a certainty as the groans and cries continued. Gradually their fright abated, they stole softly back to the fair side, and pitying the sufferings of the poor, man hastened to open the door, threw out the burning brands, and extinguished them with water. It was all they could do for his relief. He asked for water, and they tried to give it to him, but without success. He sang drunken songs, muttered indistinctly, asking, they thought, for help to get out, help they could not give then followed groans, cries, and ineffectual struggles to get free. These gradually grew fainter, and at length were succeeded by death-like silence and stillness. He is dead, Mildred said half inquiringly, in an awe-struck whisper. Mrs. Selby nodded assent, tears springing to her eyes. I am afraid so. Though I had not thought it would come to that, she whispered, "'Oh, how horrible it is! "'But I'm thankful that Mother and the children have slept through it all. "'We'll not speak of it to Mother if she wakes. "'There, I hear her stirring, and it's time for the medicine again. "'I'll hold the light for you, Mildred,' said, taking it up and following. "'She could not bear to stay alone in that room at that moment.' Excitement and horror had effectually driven away from the two ladies' all inclination to sleep, and the moments dragged by on leaden wings until daylight brought some small sense of relief. As Mrs. Selby threw open the window shutters, her eyes were gladdened by the sight of a neighbor nearing her door. She hastened to admit him. "'Good morning,' he said. "'I'm out looking for my cow. She strayed away, and I thought you might—' "'But what's wrong?' he broke off abruptly, gazing at her with mingled surprise and alarm. She pointed to the chimney and dropped white, trembling and speechless, into a chair. Mildred had closed the inner door the moment his loud, hearty tones were heard at the other. "'What is it? House affair?' he asked. "'Never mind. We'll soon have it out. Where's your water bucket?' With a hasty glance about the room. "'No, no. A man. Drunk. Dead. I—I think,' gasped. Mrs. Selby. What? In the chimney? You don't say. And hurrying to the fireplace, he stooped and stuck his head in. Yes, sure enough, he gasped, withdrawing it with a shudder. I see his legs dangling down. He's dead, you think? Turning from Mrs. Selby to Mildred, yes, she said in an odd, tremulous tone. He groaned and cried out so at first, but hasn't uttered a sound for hours. "'Horrible, horrible! You don't know who he is?' Mrs. Selby shook her head and relieved her feelings by a burst of weeping. "'And you think he was drunk? I'm certain of it.' The tones of his voice told it. Then, calming herself, she told the whole story in a few brief sentences. "'Oh, what is to be done, Mr. Miller?' she asked in conclusion. "'I'll go for the coroner, and we'll have him got out and taken away "'just as soon as it can be done, according to law. "'But your cow?' "'No matter about her. I'll send my boys to look her up.' "'He hurried out and away. "'At the same moment the sound of wheels sent Mildred to the outer door. "'Giving the reins to a plainly dressed elderly woman who sat in the buggy with him, "'Dr. Landreth leaped to the ground, and in an instant his wife was in his arms, "'hiding her face on his breast and sobbing hysterically. "'What is it, my darling?' he asked. "'The old lady, is she so much worse?' Mildred seemed unable to speak, and Mrs. Selby answered for her, "'No, doctor, I think mother is better. But—' and the story of the night's alarm was repeated. "'Dreadful! What a night you two must have passed!' commented Dr. Landreth, holding his wife closer to his heart. "'Who on earth can it be?' exclaimed the woman in the buggy, who had listened to the recital in open-mouthed astonishment. As she spoke— "'leaning down and forward in the effort to look in at the open door "'till she seemed in imminent danger of falling. "'I haven't an idea,' returned Mrs. Selby. "'But excuse me, won't you alight and come in, Mrs. Lightcap? "'I ought to have asked you before, but haven't hadn't noticed that you were there. "'Yes, thank ye, I'll light. "'I want to peek up in that chimbley, and besides, I've come to stay all day "'and as much longer as you need help or nursin'. "'You've nursed my folks and me in many a sick spell.' Mrs. Selby and I'm glad o oh, the chance to pay you ye back in your own coin. The woman answered, jumping out and hitching the horse as she spoke. It's very kind, Mrs. Selby was beginning, but the other interrupted her. No, tain't nothin' o oh, the sort. I'd a been a an ungrate grateful wretch if I hadn't a clapped on my bonnet and come the minute the doctor told me you was wantin' help. They hurried in, in the wake of Dr. Landreth and Mildred. Stooping his tall form on the hearth, the doctor put his head into the chimney, took a long look, then withdrawing it, said in low, moved tones, Yes, he is there, and life seems to be extinct. There is not the slightest sound or movement, and you can't so much as give a guess who he is. Just let me look, said Mrs. Lightcap, thrusting him aside in her eagerness. The doctor stepped toward Mrs. Selby, and speaking in an undertone, "'Keep this from your mother, if possible,' he said. "'I will see the coroner and tell him how important it is that she would not be disturbed by noise or excitement.' "'Then we must keep it from the children,' she returned, with a half-involuntary glance at Mrs. Lightcap. "'Yes,' said the latter, "'we'll manage that. "'Let's get them up, give them their breakfast, and send em off somewheres out of the way before the coroner comes.' "'Can I see my patient now? "'I must get my wife home as soon as possible,' the doctor said with an anxious glance at Mildred's pale cheeks and heavy eyes. "'She'd ought to have a bite of breakfast first, Mrs. Lightcapped remarked. "'What's in that basket in the buggy, doctor? "'Shall I fetch it in?' "'Oh, I forgot!' he exclaimed. "'I'll go for it. "'Mother sent it with a message to you, Mrs. Selby, that she did so because she knew "'you would be too busy to do much cooking just now.' just like her. Always so thoughtful and kind, Mrs. Selby said gratefully. I'll have Mother ready to see you in a few moments, Doctor, but Mrs. Landereth must have a cup of tea before she takes her ride. I have a fire kindled in the stove, in the shed kitchen, and— "'and I'll get the breakfast while you tend to your mother.' "'And the children,' interrupted Mrs. Lightcap, "'bustling about like one perfectly at home "'and in an earnest to accomplish a great deal "'in the shortest possible space of time.' "'Half an hour later, Mildred was driving home "'by her husband's side, "'drinking in deep draughts of the fresh morning air "'scented with the breath of wildwood flowers, "'and rejoicing that every step was taking her farther "'from the scene of last night's horror and affright. At the bridge, they met the coroner and his jury on their way to hold the inquest over the dead man. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, Mrs. Landreth. Do you come from Mrs. Selby's? asked the coroner, pausing and lifting his hat to Mildred. Dr. Landreth reined in his horse to reply, Yes, Mr. Squares, and I hope you will manage the fare as quietly as possible as the old lady is quite ill and excitement would be very injurious to her. Certainly we'll do our best, doctor. The man will have to be got out of the chimney, and we'll hold the inquest nearby in the woods, but you and your wife will be wanted as witnesses. Sure enough, exclaimed Dr. Landreth, I had not thought of that And really, my wife ought to go home and bit to bed at once, he turned to her with an anxious, questioning look. Yes, let us go back, Charlie, she said in an undertone, though her heart sank at the very thought. I can stand it if I have you with me. "'and it may be well for me to be there "'in case the old lady grows worse,' he said, "'turning the buggy round as he spoke. "'Can you spare me while I drive the children "'over to the nearest neighbor's, Milly?" "'Oh, yes, for it will be a great relief "'to poor Mrs. Selby to have them out of the way,' "'she answered, thinking of everyone before self, "'as was her wont.' Driving so rapidly as to arrive, Warner and his men, who were on foot, the doctor explained all to Mrs. Selby, taking her aside out of hearing of the children, then quickly gathered them into his buggy and drove off by another road, before the other party came in sight. The men had brought ladders for climbing, and implements suitable for breaking a hole in the chimney large enough for the corpse to be drawn through. They worked from the outside, and with as little noise as possible, doors were kept closed and the old lady, still under the influence of opiates, slept quietly till all was over. Mrs. Selby, Mrs. Lightcap, and Mildred were summoned in turn to tell all they knew about the case. Mrs. Lightcap did not feel at all nervous or frightened, but the other two were much agitated and could hardly have passed through the ordeal without the support of Dr. Landris's presence and sympathy. A crowd had gathered, and and some among them were able to identify the dead man from a neighboring town, one of the many thousand victims of alcohol. At last all was over, a verdict rendered in accordance with the facts. The corpse removed, the crowd scattered, and poor, weary Mildred, carried home by her anxious husband to a mother and sister scarcely less solicitous on her account. Thank you for listening to another episode of Agersoft Story Classic.